Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley again. All the buys are finished and with me once again is Billy. How did you go on the buy round, Billy? Crash and burn, mate. Crash and burn. <laughs> like a lot of people, but it wasn't too bad. I think it was uh, 8 in the end, but when you spend sort of months planning for it, you have you know five guys like Moylan, SJ, Gallon, <laughs> all, all score an average of about 20 points each. It's not really worth it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ended up um, deciding during the buy round because there was obviously massive carnage. There was, you know, several players ruled out that you thought um, two weeks ago were going to be playing. Um, Takiaho being one, uh, Milford burnt some pot owners that got him in for the buy as well. And then you had someone like Herbie over at the Warriors who has been shit, but people have held him because he was going to play around 16. So there was a lot of things like that. So I actually decided to myself, you know what, I'm not going to. I'm going to save the trades, and um, I, I've got Latrell in, but I'm going to save the other trade and just roll with 10, and, and I was pleasantly surprised. I still ended up with a 750 with my 10 players and went up slightly, so I wasn't too displeased with that one. Yeah, 750 is half decent, mate. Um, it's the uh, it's the every 100 points below that that makes you sort of suffer a little bit. There's uh, a few blokes that were around sort of um, top 1,000, top 1,500, I saw do a super slide with... 500s and 600s, but um, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick and choose, but if you end up having a, a 11 or 12 numbers, you don't really slip too much. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that's, that's come up, you know, a lot of people say, it, and even like I've, I've heard you say it as well, so you know, it's pretty common, you know, I'm not going to do buy plenty anymore, it's, it's crap, it's just, it's just a killer, this always, this always happens and stuff. There is always a success story, though, and it is important in Supercoach to stay positive and realise the success stories. And I have seen so many coaches in round 16 absolutely smash it with buy planning. And some of it's luck. You know, some of them got away without getting a Takiyoho in or, you know, with with getting some other pods in that ended up playing and getting good scores. Um, So they had, you know, as many players as what they planned to have. But... Uh, they've they've gone up, you know, three four thousand spots. I've seen a number of people jump into the top thousand that were, you know, five thousand before that. So that's kind of what we all want. Obviously, it's not going to come off perfect for everybody, but you've got to be in it to win it. Um, and if you don't do that planning at all, you're not going to be one of those teams that manage to to get those good green arrows. Yeah, for sure. And um, this is another good week to try and make up some ground as well. Um, obviously, not as good as last week, but you've got guys like. Uh, Murray, who might chuck up another sort of 45. Um, you've got uh, Teddy, Teddy, who's not playing. Um, Murray's got a huge break-even, so there's a potential to throw another pod play up there. Um, Cook might throw up another 50 score, so still plenty of um, scoring opportunities this week, and I, but I think it's going to be the last one to make some serious ground. Otherwise, you're back to sort of um, hoping for an extra 50 points a week with some pod plays. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the other thing that as well with this week, um, and to a lesser extent the other weeks, but people do forget about it with the future weeks on the run home, is when people have squads this big as well, uh, this is when a lot of teams will make mistakes. So you do um, have a lot of chances to make up ground just by making the right plays. So, you know, most coaches this week, um, and especially the weeks after, are going to have 
a pretty hard 17 to pick. You know, they're going to have 20, 21, even 22 players that are all decent. And you might be 2,000 behind somebody that you're trying to catch a mate or whatever, and they play their worst five that they could have in their 17 and leave their better five out, and you go the other way around, and all of a sudden that's a really big swing. So it's important not to lose hope in Supercoach. You've got to be positive about it. Next few rounds are going to be crucial, guys, because we are probably, I reckon, once you hit round 20, that's when it's going to be a lot harder and and people's seasons are going to start to deflate a lot more. So big few weeks. Um, Let's get stuck into the mailbag first before we go into TLT and some analysis. So first question on the mailbag uh, was from Ashley Hatch, um, and he has asked, will TPJ stay in the back row? So TPJ had a massive game. Um, on the buy round. He was one of my good news stories in my team. Uh, I was really happy I got him a few weeks ago. We spoke about him quite a bit in depth on the pod last week, so we won't go into it too much, but he scored 106 points, um, and his last three scores have been 106, 60, and 64. He did score a try on the weekend, but it's important to know that that's an online break try, so it was off a kick, so he just got the 17 points in that 106. Had like seven offloads, and we've spoken for the last few weeks about this, Billy, He's been looking a lot better. I've said a million times he's looking to offload a lot more, and he hasn't scored um, a try since like round two, so it was always going to come again eventually because he's in a bit of a drought and all the owners got rewarded. He's now 508,000. He was only like 460 for that round 16 purchase. Uh, he's doing well, um, but he has been doing that damage on the edge, um, as Ashley has pointed out. Matt Gillette's been out. Um, it's, it's been an opportune time for him to play on the edge as well. When that Broncos side is full strength post-origin and running along, do you think he's back in the middle or they're going to try and keep him on the edge? I reckon they'll keep him on the edge for now. Um, they they need some attacking weapons. The guy the guy's a dangerous player. Um, he's like, he likes Sergis when he's rampaging or, um, and Madison out wide. Um, I know a lot of people say he's got a lot of better base in the middle, but in the middle he's only getting 55, 60 minutes at the, mo- at, at, at the most. I'd much rather take a... a um, or reduce, you know, sort of 0.8, 0.9 uh, ppm if he's getting um, 80 minutes on the edge, knowing that he's got a lot more uh, potential for off, so a lot more time on the field for some potential effective offloads and, and an attacking stat by getting through that line, more of a chance to go over the line on the edge as opposed to the middle. So, um, yeah, I'd like to think that the form that they're in, sort of Seaball leaves him out there as, as another attacking option and just brings his um his big his, his other big fellas through the middle. Um, it's not like they've got a, a short supply of forwards there. So yeah, um, I reckon if anything, offer offer comes back offer comes back through the middle. But um, yeah, at the very least, you got three weeks with Gillette out to take a look. Yeah, I I'm not too sure what they'll opt for because the Broncos are a bit of a mystery to me. But I. I think that he's definitely better on the edge. Um, it's it's going to be one of those things where, I, like, Fafita's been on the edge, Glenn's been on the edge, and Gillette's been on the edge. So it's going to require one of those guys to be moved for him to keep that spot um, on an edge full-time. I, I'm really not sure whether they'll do it or not. Um, what I will say is I think that his, his confidence that he's getting from playing on the edge, if he gets shown back in 13 can spill over a little bit. I think that he was putting the offload away a lot more than what he would have liked to, um, and he was a little bit gun-shy with it. I reckon that now that he's gotten the confidence up and he's looking all the time for the offloads, then maybe he can carry that back. 
Um, but what I do agree with, though, Billy, is I do prefer him to be on the edge. Uh, I think it's a lot better for him. One of the things with the offloads as well is if he's on the edge, it's often a, a two-on-one tackle. It becomes a lot harder to be offloading as much. Um, there's obviously a bit more space as well. So if he runs on the inside or outside shoulder of someone on the edge, he's got a bit more space to poke through and get the arm free. Running in the middle, um, it doesn't, doesn't get that type of opportunity. So... Hopefully he stays on the edge. I think Ashley's right. If he's on the edge, I think it is actually going to be better for him. Uh, I think it's a real 50-50 proposition, though. I'm not too sure. So we'll have to see. But if you own him, um, I think it was a pretty good purchase. Joe Shields has asked us um, to pick two to trade in this week out of Turbo, Fafida, Burns, or a replacement for Johnson. I'm not going to replace Johnson if I own him, provided that I've got a second half. So I wouldn't even look at that. If I've got Cleary and Johnson... Um, or, I don't know, another half that I like, Pierce and Johnson or whatever, I'm just going to stick with that. I don't think it's worth trading Johnson out, and I think that there's a decent enough chance he can come good, and you can just bench him this week against the Storm anyway, so I'm going to rule him out. Um, out of the other ones, we've got Turbo, Fafita, and Burns. Um, I mean, Turbo and Fafita are the two best players. Burns is a pod play. Um, he's the lowest in value. He's also got uh, a low break even. I'd probably lean towards just getting Turbo and, and Fafita if money wasn't an option um, for Joe Shields. I'd just get the two best players in, Billy. What about you? Yeah, I'd do the same, mate. Um, I think I really like the idea of getting Burns in this week to bolster that centre three-quarter um, uh, as, a, as a decent fourth option for blokes that don't actually have a, um, a full component of a Mauer, Bateman and Mitchell. I'd probably be targeting him just to ensure that sort of 20-30 point gap between other higher base centre three quarters is remediated. But yeah, if you don't own, own, own a turbo or you're depleted in your forwards or a key position, then yeah, go bolster that first. It's not the lowest of break even, so it's not going to be the worst in the world if you miss Burns this week. And he's by, by no means a, uh, an absolute must. He's just a really nice pot option and a good staple option to have. Yeah, uh, it probably depends on your team as well. I mean, if, if you're going to leave out. Um, out of turbo and Fafita you could leave Fafita out as well he's got a break even in the 70s so even if he has a good game he's probably going to stay the same he's had a few weeks on the sideline and he's coming up against the Storm normally I would I would say Fafita just because he's against the Storm and all those other factors Fafita seems to step up against the Storm a little bit carved him in that grand final that they played and I think that he really rips into him a bit so he tends to go um, okay against him um, he's still got an average score close to 60 against him, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, if you didn't have the money, um, and we're not really sure because um, Joe hasn't really told us about money or trades or whatever, if you don't have the money, I'd probably go Turbo and Burns and look for Fafita next week as an alternative option. Yeah, um, it's still it's still the storm, so they, they can wrap up players left, right and centre. But I do like the fact that um, FIFA has been rested for three weeks now. Um, they need, they've come off a couple of very short two-point losses. Gal's out now, not that it makes much of a difference. Um, but they will have to replace him. So um, if it, um, it's only a young bloke that's going to take Gal's spot. So I reckon FIFA comes in, the coach says, listen, uh, take charge of the young blokes push up the middle and um, when they desperately need a win I reckon he rips in so I wouldn't be worried too much too much about um, Fifi this week um, being the storm I'd probably if I had to pick between the two I'd probably if you're relying on a bloke like to power someone I'd probably get Fafita this week but if you've got like a Haas and a TPJ in, 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 the, in, the, in the front row uh, and, you, and you're playing someone like uh, Cherry or Nakora that's in a three quarter I'd, I'd be inclined just to um 
um, bolster, bolster Burns as the second option. But Yeah, really good point. If your centre wing's pretty shot and you don't have very good options, then, um, then leave for Fido. If your centre wing's really strong, um, then maybe just get the two best players in. Next question we've got from uh, Scott, who's a long-time listener, throws up some good questions for us. Nikora or Mao for the run home? So I know you're all over Mao. No, Nakora, I've um, been pretty disappointed with, and I've actually said I I looked at a pot, complete pot option of trading him out for round twelve because I had a feeling with SJ not there, that side of the Sharks not really clicking for him. Um, he was just going to get the base and not much else. I really wish that I did it because um, you know his last four scores have been fifty eight, thirty four, fifty four, forty one, and it really you know it's not bad for a centre wing. But he just hasn't had the upside um, that you'd want for a back rower, particularly when in the first sort of, oh, you know, eight weeks of football he was averaging, um, you know, 65 or something. Uh, he just hasn't really shown that 65-70 type of score in him. Um, having said that, he's been good, um, and he'll probably come good again. I just, I actually prefer your boy over at the Eels, mate. Yeah, me too. Um, but he's only. Um... He's only had three scores over 70 all year, so um, it just coincided with the start of the season. Um, so that's obviously why his average was up, but even when he did go over the line, you'd expect a second row going over the line to score closer to sort of 80. Um, um, you, you can't... And versus, versus the Storm this week, mate, I wouldn't be playing him at all. So um, he's probably a trader option if you want a pod. Um, the... What's he, what's he worth? 433. Burns is, what, 360 odd? So yep. he, could, he, could, he could be a, a decent cash option, gives you an extra 60 grand to bolster uh, forwards or upgrade someone to uh, turbo if, if you were short. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be picking and choosing the time to play the core right now. And uh, it would only be sort of maybe home games when SJ is 100% on um, inform on his edge at home. Um, I wouldn't be playing him this week at all. So if you're picking between uh, Mau and and Nakora, you're picking your heels, boy, 100. percent It's not even it's not even a choice, mate. It's you just look at Mao and think he gets 60, um, 60 points just in base. This bloke here is a lot lower. Look, I agree 100. Um, percent And the other thing to take into account as well is, you know, unless you're really high up there, and not many people are, then you know um, Nakora is 61 percent owned. Um, that's massive ownership and a lot of those players are playing him and are probably going to keep playing him all the time whereas Mau is 6% owned so that in itself should probably answer the question and that's probably something that I'd say to to everybody that's played like if you have two guys for this run home and you're just as confident now I'm not saying like just grab the pod guy if the pod guy might be inconsistent or you got some concerns that they're going to put up similar numbers or it's a massive risk but if you've got a pod that's six percent and another guy that's 61 percent heavily owned and being played every week and you think the pod is going to score just as well as that guy that's 61 percent owned and they're putting up the same type of numbers grab the pod every time it's a no-brainer to me to just to get Mal in instead of Nakora under those circumstances yeah um take the tryout for last week and um Mal's averaging 60 over the last sort of uh, 60 over the last six games versus Nakora's 50. Um, Nakora's got Storm and Eels have a pretty soft draw coming up. Yeah, Eels draw coming up is um, is really nice actually. They've only got um, the Seagulls and the Knights who are in the top eight 
every other game that they have for the closeout of the year and non-top eight teams. So that's a that's a really good draw for the Eels at the moment. Um, I think it's a no-brainer for him if you choose between him and Nakora, and I agree with you as well. I think Nakora is a pod trade-out. I don't think that you have to trade him, or I don't think you should under some circumstances, but uh, I think it's an option for some teams if you're looking at a pod move because, again, 61% owned, he's been underwhelming. Maybe he'll fire again. But if you think he's not going to, and he's just going to be a solid 50 scorer, pod move to get him out. Yeah, even 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 a cheaper option is Garth at 375 with that draw. So pick, pick or choose your pod. Yep, for sure. And following on, on the Ma'u um, question, Mark Steele has asked us, do you think that he'll drop off now he's going to Super League? Uh, I was really surprised that your boys let him go, Billy. And then I read that you know he got a really good offer to go over to the Super League. Um, so he couldn't refuse the money. I would have thought that he would have got a really good offer in the NRL to stay still, and he still would have been able to get really good cash. So I'm pretty surprised that he's going, mate. You must be gutted. Yeah, just disappointing that he's going, mate, but completely understand. The, um, I, I don't know what happened with negotiations behind the scenes, but I can only assume that um, uh, Eels wanted him, age 30, probably offered him you know, 500 or 600 or something, but Super League are just offering something stupid and, I reckon he's looking for a silver lining, two or three year payday just to look after his family for the life, mate. Oh, yeah, I can't blame him for going. I'm just surprised that a team didn't just give him a three year, $1.5, $1.6 million deal. Um, I, yeah, you're not, he'll, he'll be get eight, 900 a year, but. Oh, I don't think he'll surely. get that much. They don't, they don't have that type really? of money anymore. Nah. Look, you might get 650 or something, maybe, but 700 maybe. I haven't seen the details of the deal, but that's generally sort of the what I would think his market and the top sort of money would be over there still. Because normally guys that go over there, they're getting like top NRL player money, but they're past it and they don't qualify here. So they go and get that same money over there as if they were, had their career like five years earlier. So that's why it's a bit surprising with me with Mo that he can still get that, that top line money right now, but he's still choosing to go over there. So maybe it's a really good deal. I don't know. We should probably answer this gentleman's question though. Um, do you think that he's going to drop off now that he's going? No, nah, mate. I reckon he just gets angrier. Just gets angrier. Do you see the Eels screwing um, around with the minutes or anything? Because, I mean, he's back to 80 minutes now. Do you think that they maybe nah. take 20 minutes off him or something? No, nah, can't, can't, can't really see it. Um, the guys are, guys are weapon, mate. If, if anything, they just keep giving, um, what's his name, um, Brown, um, 60 minutes and rotating someone else through the middle. Um uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Eels need to win a few games, mate. So they've got a softish draw, so they'll probably just leave him on. I can't see him being rested. Yeah, I I agree. I think that he'll be um he'll be just as he'll be just as good. And if anything, even if he did think that he was going to drop off a little bit in intensity, which I don't think someone like him will, their their draw will um, be the silver lining on that and be able to overshadow any drop off. So yeah, he should be fine. Mate, Honestly, if they're going to wrap anyone in, in cotton wool, buddy, it's going to be Nathan Brown. He's had so many injuries over the last couple of years. They're in the top eight. Um, surely they want us to wrap him up for a little bit and keep him healthy for the finals because they need him in the middle. Yep. Um, Mark King's asked us uh, thoughts on Burns as a downgrade from Nakora or Sherry. Uh, I love it, um, particularly for Sherry. Um, I know Sherry's obviously had some big scores and stuff, but... Um, Burns has got a much better base, um, and he's been a lot, a lot better quality, really. Um, so, just having a look at Sherry for a minute, you know, he's gone sixty, twenty-six, six, and then he had those massive tons back to back. 
I know that he scored those tons, so it's never it's never a complete picture if you say, oh, you know, take those two tons out and the rest isn't great. I don't mean to, you know, take away from those 134 and 104 weeks, but if you look at the other weeks, they're, they're like nowhere near that. He only had one other week aside from last weekend where he actually even cracked 50, and that was for a 73, his third game. So uh, it, it's really inconsistent. Um, the Sharks' form isn't great, whereas someone like Burns, um, and the base of Sherry as well, by the way, is 26 on the year, whereas someone like Burns um, has just been throwing out, uh, you know, 70s like no tomorrow, small sample size, um, but he's got one game where he got hurt for 10 points. The other three games, he scored 70, 77, and 70 points. There's only one game in there that he's actually got a try in as well out of those three, um, and he's got a better base by three or four points as well, um, but it's really the uh, the tackle break and offload type of base that he's got over Sherry that's, um, that really sets him apart. I know that you love him. He's 360K. Um, you can make decent coin off that trade if you do it. Um, I would rather make double the coin off a Sherry down to Braden Burns trade than half the money on an Accora down to Braden Burns trade when Accora is a lot safer. Yeah, I agree with you all there, mate. Um, I did that profile at the beginning of the year. That was a speculator based on, on two games. Then first game, he punched the numbers. Second game, he punched the numbers. And then he was on he was on, on the third game until he... Um, had the injury, he's come back from injury, injury and is pumping the same numbers, so I just don't see how you can not think that the bloke is is, is going to step up. Um, he's got one game under, under his belt and throwing the numbers up, so yeah, I just think he continues with it and I think he's a real good option in the story. Yep, yep. He's a really good downgrade for anyone, and he's still only 8% owned at the moment, even though um, a few percent will trade him in for this week. He's still going to be close enough to a pod, uh, and a lot of people aren't going to be able to have the luxury of getting in guys like Braden Burns either. And again, you're looking at someone who's 8% owned for someone who's much higher owned in Sherry. Uh, I think that's a real good swap and, and I'd definitely be doing that one. Good spot for Burns. Uh, next question uh, was from Simon. Um, so first thing that Simon asked is, is Turbo and Teddy necessary or is running RTS for one of them okay? Teddy and Turbo, Billy. Got to go that way. I don't think you can possibly run RTS instead of one of them. And the Warriors probably have the worst run home draw out of any team. Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago um, around picking up um, Turbo prior to the buyers due to his high average. <laughs> Even if you use that, that um, uh, what you were saying before, if you take all of his tries out, he's, at, he's only averaging more. If you take all of his tries out, they're both probably still, and he's a couple of massive times, he's probably still only averaging 80. So a guy with that sort of damage. <laughs> You just got to have, and um, Teddy. Even though he's not playing this week, he is one of the softest draws in the league coming up. They've they've done the hardest. Uh, uh, they've played the top four or five players uh, pretty much every game in the first half of the year. So that draw opens right up, and he's coming up, and he'll be off a rest next week. So I think the hardest question you you got to answer for yourself this week is: uh, Do you hold Manu and play him for one week with that massive break even, or do you play him and, and, and hope for a? Uh, one and one more epic score pod, pod score ball. Um, Teddy's on uh, one McLeave. Yeah. Uh, so he's also asked for the top forward pod and top back pod. Um, I don't think there's any definitive answer here. Like with a lot of things, super coach, there's multiple answers that you could have, and then it's going to come down to personal preference. For me personally, um, I have I've gotten two forward pods in um, in the last couple of months. You know, six weeks ago, I got Kikau in. I've been really, really happy with Kikau. Um, 
He's still a pot at the moment. Um, he was only like 6% owned last week. He might have gone up a little bit, haven't checked. But he's gone 70, 70, 111, 42 and 70 um, since I've had him for the last six weeks in those five games. So he's got a five-round average of 73, a three-round average of 84. He has scored um, quite a few <laughs> tries. So in three out of the last five games, he's, he's scored a try in, but... It's one of those things where Kickout does that, so I don't really like taking that out. He does have a low base, but he scores tries. Draw isn't too bad for the Penrith Panthers. They got the Titans this week, which Kickout could absolutely destroy the Titans' edge. Uh, the Dragons harder game against Canberra than the Bulldogs, and then look as much as what we thought at the beginning of the year about the Sharks and the Broncos. They're, they've not been good, and he's got those two, and then he's got the Cowboys. So it, it's a pretty decent run until the last couple of weeks for the Penrith Panthers. Kickouts. Definitely a pod. Um, I quite like him. I've enjoyed owning him. The other one that I enjoyed owning is TPJ for the last three games that he's had, obviously. Um, he's just out of pod status. I think he's about at 12%, but he's pretty close to it. Um, so for me, those are probably two forwards that I'd throw out there because I bought them both for pods. Uh, the back pod that I actually bought, um, I've spoken about a fair bit, so I won't harp on, but that was Tupo. Uh, and I bought him three weeks ago, and he's given me uh, well, his last four scores since coming out of the round 12 by have been 55, 69, 60, and 52. And he scored tries three out of four of those games. Yes, he has to score tries to score well. Uh, but in saying that, he's still got a base of over 30 points a game, which is good for a winger. And the Roosters draw is number one in the league. We've said it a million times. Cannot say it enough. Go and look at the Roosters draw. It is epic how good it is. Until they play Souths in the last round, the only top eight side they've got is Newcastle. It is, oh, and sorry, Canberra. It is a crazy draw. Um, Tupo is going to score tries in that. He's still only 450k, so I like him. Um, but um, again, they're pods for a reason. Tupo's 3% owned. That's a couple of my preferences, Billy. There's, there's obviously a few other pods that are around the traps, like a Burns, which I'm sure you're a fan of. Oh, yeah, Burns will be, Burns will be a great option, but I don't think it'll be a pod, so I'll completely skip him. Um, I don't really have another option for a front row forward. So he's going to go straight, straight to the backs. It'll be interesting to see what um, Dean Pay does over the next couple of weeks because Harawir and Naira has come back from um, uh, obscurity and being demoted. So if he ends up getting sort of 80 minutes again, and that's a big if because he was rotating with, uh, uh, what's his name, um, my man, Clash, uh, Reese Martin. But with Martin obviously going now and Harawira. Back in favour. If he ends up getting 80 minutes, he could be that sort of sensory quarter pot option. Everyone was sort of on, or not everyone, but a few people were on at the beginning of the year. Um, I know the dogs are, uh, are horrendous, but um, he might be a sort of a half decent sort of option with a very, very, with a high base and a very, very high sort of um, ceiling as seen by that 150 score, whatever it was. Yep. Um, another. And another option around a sort of sensory quarter is probably just picking and picking and choosing a couple of guys. You look at a guy, uh, a guy like um, Sean Kenny Dow for a game here and there. Ockenburn might might come back. It's probably more a bit potluck lottery, so I'll probably end up going you'll go to you'll go to as well. I think their draw is just, just too good, and with um, Kiri sweeping with uh, Mitchell back in his prefer, in his preferred position, I think the person that benefits the most there is Tupu. So I'd probably have to go Braden, Braden Burns and um, and Tupu as my uh, best pods but with a. Yeah, and a, a smoky if he gets the minutes again. Yep, yep. No, I um I can't disagree with those ones. Another top back pod that I'll throw up there is a guy that you just mentioned too. 
Kiri, I didn't mention him with the other guys because he's got a bit more risk. He's he's coming off scoring over a hundred in that buy round in his first game back, and you know he he did really well. But to be honest, if the Roosters put on more points against someone, he'd, he'd do even better. He's only nine percent owned at the moment. He's not really getting traded in by many many teams. He's another one to consider, um, particularly if you've got um, you know a, a spare spot in your second second spot in your five eight spot, or if you've got a Sean Johnson as your lead five eight because you haven't got Ponga there yet. Um, you know, getting someone like Luke Kiry in. That's a decent pod back move. The only reason I don't put him in the other ones is because if he gets another HIA, um, you know, a lot of astute super coaches have raised the fact that, well, does that mean that he's going to be out for a month or something because he's had the HIA issue? So he's going to have the risk, but he's under 400K, uh, and the Roosters draw coming up, like we said, has been amazing um, for that side that he's going to be running an attack to Mitchell and Tupo. So I, I really like him, but he's just going to have a lot of risk, but he is the cheapest one. I think he's probably the best value for money pod for the back line. Yeah, I'll throw up one more. Not really one that I want to do, but it is a risky pod and one that might power purely because they have a good draw. But have you seen Mansour scores the last four weeks? Yeah, I have. And I've seen quite a few astute super coaches again mentioning him. I'm not sold, so why don't you try and sell it to me? He's only scored 59, 76, 35, and 79, but that's an average of 62 over the last four weeks with no tries. He's picked his hit-up rate up. It's pretty much pretty much added about 50 to 100% load to it. So earlier in the season, he had 16, 20, 30, 20, 18, 25 points in hit-ups pretty much. The last the last four games, he's had 36 points in hit-ups, 30 points in hit-ups, uh, 25 points in hit-ups, and 37 points in hit-ups. So those 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 run, I don't know what it is, it just, it just seems like looking at the numbers, he's got more confidence in the needs or he's been doing more running. Um, his tackle, his um, tackle bus uh, are way up. They've got, he's only, he's only had, in the beginning of the season, I think he maxed out with four, but generally around one or two per game. Um, he's had, uh, two, five, four, six tackle busts in each of his last few games. Got sort of, you know, between six to 15 tackles in there, which is pretty decent for a winger. A lot of wingers only has one or two. But the uh, the clincher is um, he's, he's, he's starting to throw up some, um, some hit-ups and some line breaks in there with um, with one assist. So he hasn't got too many line breaks and too many line, line break assists or, or too many tries just to say that he's inflated his numbers, but he's got enough up there to suggest that uh, those hit-up numbers are facilitating some uh, much higher base, and it's starting to look like a manslaughter around three or four years ago. So if you think for one minute that um, Baloney is going to do a lot more of the ball playing and, he, and he's going to start going out left and Mansell is going to go over the line once, once or twice in the next two or three games, you're looking, looking from this, you're looking around a 70-plus average. Okay, well... I do like the base, and it's a really good point with the uptick in that. I think that I would probably be more sold if he was cheaper. That's probably the big drawback for me. He's 458k. Um, it's just a little bit pricey. They do have a good run coming up, though, so I reckon that you might be right. You could hit on him. So definitely an option. I know that I've owned him in prior years when he's done stuff like this, and he's been up for a few games, but he's, he's just gone way back down. And I mean, if you look between before he had that game off in round 10, he had 45, 39, 42, 18, 46, 65, 30, and 15 going back to round one. So 
So he was absolutely terrible. He's only scored one try all year. So I guess there's glass, glass half full and glass half empty. You can go, well, he's only scored one try all year and he is a winger. So maybe he's going to hit some tries in this good draw. Could happen. Um, or the glass half empty being Mansour just doesn't score tries for Penrith and that's not where they get their points from. Um, and if that's the case, it makes it really hard to sort of get him in for upside at 458k. Um, so I, I still think he's a really good shout, though. It's good numbers in his base. Yeah, mate. Just a shout. I, mean, I can't buy him, but uh, I'd, I'd bet myself if I didn't throw it out there and he scored a ton, I couldn't say I spotted it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the last one I'll just throw out there and then we'll move on is... Um, Mansour's only 2% owned, by the way. This next guy's 12% owned, so he's slightly out of pod status, but Blake Ferguson's less than Mansour at 448k, so he can save 10 grand, and he's got a much better draw as well. Um, so aside from the Roosters, the Eels have an epic draw. If you think that Blake Ferguson's going to get back up there, um, and he's got a similar base to what Mansour's been doing as well, then um, he's, he's not a bad one at 448k as well. Let's move on to the next question, though, because we can't talk pods all night, even though I know everybody likes talking about pods. Uh, so the next one is uh, from Michael Trelaw. He can only bring in two for the run home out of Jerbo, Clemmer, and Kikau. Which ones would you bring in? Jerbo, uh, 100%, but not this week. Give the blokes some time to sort of relax and um, get back in after after Origin, especially with that break-even. Yeah, I'd go Clemmer, mate. Big, big base from the big man. <laughs> Um, yes, I know uh, Kikau has massive upside, but he, he'll he'll give you 30 or he'll give you a set of 80. I'd, I'd much rather a bloke like Clement who's just going to give you 65 plus every week. Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll plead the fifth on this one. I, I can't separate it. Um, I I really like Kikau. I really like Clemmer as well. I don't think there's a definite answer on that, so I'll just roll with you, Billy. Kyle Robson's asked, as a Chooks fan, where does uh, Butcher's minutes fit once the pack is back to full strength and how long can I ride the Butcher train for? So Butcher has been really good. Um, I've said to a few people I've chatted to, you know, this is sort of what the Roosters expected from Nat Butcher um, three years ago and he kind of stunted in his development. Um, He really should have probably been starting um, last year um, based on the trajectory they had for his career and he just didn't really get there. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He had to put on a bit of weight and stuff. But this year, he's actually been playing really, really well. Um, he's been playing in the starting side the last few weeks. Um, so from round 10 onwards, uh, he's gone 60, 54, 71, 88, 46, and 98. And he's only got one try in that run as well. He has been really good. Um, he's always been a good worker. He now costs 545k, which is pretty concerning. If you got him in, for that buy round, uh, you would be elated and you're a super coach genius. I wouldn't be buying him at 545k, despite what all the numbers say, just because of the Roosters' depth in that pack. Um, but I tell you what, it's it's hard for me to answer Cole's question here because I really don't know. I didn't think that he was going to start as many games as he has, but Angus Crichton um, being benched has really thrown a spanner in. And Crichton has actually been playing maybe even better off the bench than what he was when he was getting the bigger minutes. So I'm not sure whether Robbo is going to change that up or not. Uh, I always thought that Crichton was just going to get a kick up the arse or he was going to turn it on and start making some line breaks and scoring some tries and stuff, and he was going to be back in that starting side. I just saw there was no way for Crichton just to remain on the bench. But with how Butcher's played and how much Robbo values the team dynamic, uh, look, Butcher could end up sticking in the starting side, but... I just think it's a lottery. I, I just, I really don't know. If I was Kyle, 
Billy, I think I would just hold Butcher um, and see. And then the minute the Butcher gets dropped to the bench, then I would neck him. And I don't think you're going to lose too much if you just sort of take it that way. Oh, fuck yeah, mate. I hold him 100%. Um, we spoke about him about four or five weeks ago, and the consensus was it was a bit risky to sort of bring him in. The, the uncertainty around this pack, but just quietly, I've been playing the money ball every week, mate. He's just, like, like you said, he's just a beast of just a sensational guy to watch, but you don't know how many minutes he's going to get. But if, you, if you've got like a, um, if you're just playing sort of, uh, if you're just playing sort of um, head to head or money ball or you've got him in draft, he's, he's a sensational option. But for overall, I can see how mate, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a harder sort of um, sell um, to get him in. But I'll tell you what, Everyone's everyone's team is full strength with two or three um, uh, other options on the bench at the moment. If you want, to, if you want a pod play with their draw, I'd probably take the pod him. I'd even get him in. I don't think I could get him in, but if I owned him, I'd be like Kyle owns him. I would, if I was Kyle, I'd be playing him every week until he gets benched. Um, oh yeah, dude, play the shit out of him, mate. Is that he's he's getting a lot of luck, which it just keeps rolling. And you know, sometimes it, guys get all that, but like even now, for instance, Ted Ivano has been suspended for two weeks. And what has happened with um, Butcher, it is, hasn't just been Crichton's edge that he's been taking minutes off. It's also been he's been starting at 13 because they've been moving Isaac Lou to prop whilst um, Jared was out. Jared came back and they moved him to an edge. And then all of a sudden, Ted is going to be out for two weeks. So they'll probably, even though they got Jared back, they'll probably put Liu back at prop again. And then he gets two weeks in lock for Nat Butcher. So, I mean, it just uh, he just keeps getting lucky. So he's probably safe for another two weeks, I would say, to start. Yeah, I know. You've got Tico, who was out last week. He comes back and starts at lock this week. And then next week, you'll have uh, Cord to come back. But mate, it is the Chooks. They, they, uh, they, make, every, they make everything squeeze, um, squeeze into a cap, mate. So, for all you know, um, he'll end up playing 90 minutes. I managed to fit that into 80. <laughs> So, Cole, have you got anything out of that rambling between me and Billy trying to figure it out? It's uh, There's no definitive answer, but he is a gun player when he is starting. Hold him, play him when he's starting, and if he does get benched, then cross that bridge when you come to it and use him just to swap to another gun because he's still going to stay at gun money. All I'm going to say is, well done, son. Thanks for listening. I'm glad someone had the balls to buy him. We didn't. So Mark Andrews asked us, he's had Cook and Britain at hooker for a while. He wants to get... Jake back in as a pod. I'm assuming he's talking about Jake Friend. Uh, I know he's only played two and a half games this year, but if he can stay healthy, he is undervalued. Would you spend money to get Jake Friend in for Britain and run a Cook and uh, Friend <laughs> hooker combo in for the run home? If he's going to be guaranteed 80 minutes and when you need him, play him. Otherwise, you're going to get in a bloke like that just to sit on the bench and do nothing. Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one. Um, I, I don't think that I would be doing it. He did start off the year obviously playing 80 minutes, which got everyone's attention in round one. He threw up a 95. But then he only, you know, he had a week off and then he came back and got injured, so he only played 33. Then on his game back, um, he got hurt again and he played 70. I'm a little bit worried. We can follow on from the last question from Kyle very easily with this one. I'd be a little bit worried that when the Roosters have that full strength pack and they need to give guys like Butcher uh, time, that it's going to be tempting for them to maybe put Radley in at hooker for 20 minutes a game. Um, that is a way to free up minutes for the other guys. You know, Angus Crichton, uh, Nat Butcher, all these um, other forwards in the Roosters pack, they've all got to eat. You've all got to, you've got to give them all enough minutes to keep them happy. And an easy way to do that is to play Radley at hooker for 20 minutes. That's also going to nurse Friend back and keep him fresh for the finals, which 
as we know, Robbo goes overboard with keeping his guys fresh. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a definite possibility. Um, I just think it's way too risky. And like you said, Billy, yeah. you're always going to start Cook anyway, and there's better guys to have in your you know, 14 to 17 jumper, I reckon, than a second hooker. Yeah. Look, Crichton, Crichton, Butcher, and Radley are two good not 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 to give minutes, and and then you've got what do you call Cadavano, who's going to come, who's going to come back, and they're going to want to give some minutes. Jared only came back a week had. ago, so Jared only came. Um, and then and then you've got you've got a guy like Orbo who's at, who at full strength, he'll just sit on the bench. Is he going to sit on the bench and do nothing, or are they going to try and give him some 15, 20 minutes a game? And where the hell does he fit in? So. All those, even his sort of 10 minutes, 15 minute cameos here and there are going to hurt. So, yeah, I've, I, I, would, I wouldn't go there. Um, I, I, see, I see the pod factor, but you're willing to spend that sort of money on a guy to maybe get an extra 10 points out of someone as opposed to just playing a, a, you know, a TKO or you know, a, 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 a Teddy or someone on your bench. I, I think it's just too risky and a waste of, and, and, and a waste of a um, trade. If anything, to hold the trade and the cook goes down, just trade trade cook to trade cook to him then. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and look, mate, I tell you what. The other thing too is that he's got a ninety nine BE. So if you really do like him and you really want a second hooker, or if you if you're definitely getting a second hooker. I don't have too much against going like a friend instead of a Smith or something like that as your second hooker, um, but you're going to have to wait for friend to go down anyway with the BE of 99. Give yourself a couple of weeks and see what the rotation's like and see whether friend gets hurt again or, or what happens. Just give him two or three weeks because you can afford to do that and just keep playing cook, and I think that's the best strategy if you're really sold on it yourself because you do have to follow your gut a fair bit as well. Um, next question. Jimmy C has asked, how far behind... Number one overall is still a realistic chance of winning. About 3,642 places. Very precise, Billy. So you reckon you've got to be in um, the top 3,600 and you can uh, chase down number one? You've just got to be around where I am because I'm still the bit of hope. <laughs> I think that you can... Um, realistically, I think it's probably maybe top 250. Um, and even then, it's, it's a pretty big yeah. ask. Yeah, look, mathematically, how many, how many rounds left? Let's say, what, 10 or something or other? Um, mathematically, you could chuck, 50, realistically, you could chuck 50 points a week on top of the leaders, but you would have to pick the right pod pretty much every single week and um, hope that no one, no, one else, uh, in, no one else in front of you um, outscores that consistently either. So let me, let me rephrase that. Even someone in front of you who's or who's only half the distance away only needs to score an extra twenty five points a week to make up the same ground as you do and get the right captain choice to still beat you. So um, realistically, I think you could sort of make up sort of 400, 450 points, but it would be pretty much a, a miracle and a lot of luck. So probably around sort of three hundred and fifty points is probably realistic. I think. Yeah, it's it's never been done before from that type of. Um... That that far behind at this point of the season either. So mathematically, you could be top two fifty, and I think you got to, you could do it um, with all the factors involved. I don't think that you will do it. Um, I think that really it's the top hundred to top seventy five that have a realistic shot of being able to do a lot of good moves and be able to rise up the ranks. I've seen guys do it from you know fifty or sixty a spot and getting to the top ten and have a, a couple of weeks to spare to try and make a run. I've seen that happen. I've not seen anybody for as much as I paid attention, 
at 200 and be able to go on a run for the last sort of seven or eight rounds to, talk, yeah. to, to sort of push into that top 10 or anything near that. But in, in saying that, um, it's still a week out after Origin. So if you if you don't play Murray, don't play Murray this week, you can make up, you know, maybe sort of 25 points. If you um, don't play Johnson this week and he scores 25, there's another 25 points. If you captain someone other than Turbo and Turbo only scores, you know, sort of, 60 points and you, and you get you, know, you pull an RTS or sort of out, uh, out, of, out, out of the bag and there's an extra 40 points so all of a sudden you're, you're making up 100, 120 points just in one week so you can close that sort of pretty quickly this week but then you've got to sort of make the sensible decisions and put all those gun players back in your team and go alright so how am I going to chip away at another 40 or 50 points not wide up more than you can choose too quickly because otherwise you're right back at square one yeah and like I will say that there's three different things to think about one of them is what mathematically you can do, which we've discussed, what's more realistic based on how it normally goes, which we've discussed. And the third thing is just go bloody hammer and tongs at it and just see what happens because Supercoach is a crazy game. Rugby League is a crazy game. We've had plenty of scores of 180 points, um, 170 points and stuff the last couple of years where people have been captained. If you manage to hit a captain that's you know 2% captained at 160 points or something crazy like that, you know, it, it's it's well and truly you know, a massive leg up, and and these things can happen. There's crazy seasons, and there's crazy calls that people make that pay off. So, even if you can't realistically make it, like even if you're asking this question because you're around 500, and we've just said that you can't do it, just make, just go for it because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, look, the, the, as an example, this week don't play Nakora, don't play Zeri, don't play SJ, play. You know, uh, a bloke like Sivo uh, and buy a bloke like Guffo and, and in the harvest play someone like Cust or, or you know, buy a, buy a pod like Milf or something rather than play, pray he comes good and outscores SJ by, um, I don't know, 30 points. Uh, there's 100, 120 points. So if you can just pick and choose your players like that and then just pick one pod against the masses. Um, keep in mind that a lot of people might be playing sort of decor and, and sort of cherry this week, but... Um, not everyone has that luxury yet. So while you can maybe look at the look, looking at your team and look at what what are the highest owned blokes and look at the matchups and go, right, which one of these can I realistically sort of leave out that's not going to hurt me too much if it goes pear shaped. All right, we've got a question from Vance Smith here specific to his trades. Tom Alolo, Gerbo and Madison, who's the next must have second rower? So Billy, Lolo, Gerbo and Madison, um, after those guys. Who do you think is a must-have second row? I wouldn't even have Jervo in the top three, but I would have him in my team. Second row, jeez. I'd still have Murray up there. Um, you have to ignore his scores over the last three or four weeks and, and look, look at the player um, when he's in form, getting sort of 60 minutes in, in, in that rabbit's back. Um, it's really hard because that word must-have always really... And this is nothing to do with Vance who asked the question, but it just it really shits me the whole must-have thing because I it, it, it's a very subjective thing. I I see very very rarely do I see players as must-haves. Like must-haves for me are Teddy Turbo Cook okay. Ponga. That's four, and I and I would say there is no one else. There is those four guys that are must-haves. I'll probably say Tom Malolo too. There's probably five. You know, other guys. Jerbo's a very good player to have. I wouldn't even say he's a must-have, even though he's a very good player to have. So people are very subjective with must-have, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. In saying that, I, I, would, I wouldn't even go as far as saying Teddy, Teddy's a must-have. He's a bloke who sort of averages um, sort of 
sort of 74 um, when he's in form. I know they've got a good draw at the moment. That makes him more appealing. But um, you can quite easily find another person who's averaging sort of high high sort of 60s who could just as well do pretty much similar who you just rotate on good days and bad. Yeah. Oh, look, I, Teddy's draw makes him must-have and, and anyone that's sort of top three in the game, I, I'll put into that category. But um, in secondary forward... Um, you brought up Cam Murray. He's on averages. He's the third best second rower on averages. So I wouldn't say he's a must-have, but I agree with you. Um, he's probably the best shout as the next guy. Um, TKO TK would have been my other one. Yeah, so TKO's done really, really well at 63 points a game. Um, it puts him 11th, but there's a lot of front row forwards and um, guys that are injured in front of him as well. So. Uh, he's another one. I wouldn't say TKO is a must-have, though. Um, I think that TKO is a good option, and there's guys like Kikau, Clemmer, uh, if you don't want him at prop, Tavita Pangai Jr., if you don't want him at prop. They're probably good players to have a think about as your fourth or, or fifth second rower on your bench, uh, but none of those are must-haves, and realistically, I don't even think there's a must-have after those guys that have been mentioned. Yeah, I wouldn't go there, mate. Jamie Dunlop has asked us, if you were top 500... How many pods would you look at having, Billy? I'd look at having a lot up my sleeve, but I would be very careful with playing too many at once, especially volatile guys. Like, uh, um, no, I'm not saying these guys are pods, but if I owned, if I owned a crapload of halves like um, Ponga and Milford and Johnson and um, Cleary, I'd be very careful about um, when and when I don't play them because if you pick a week where they all, where they all turn into bums then you've got an average of 25 times by four and all of a sudden you're behind by 150 points. Trying trying to make that up is extremely hard. What I would do is try and limit the amount of volatile players that you got on the field. So li- limit the number of hours. Just, just play the bare minimum, uh, six and seven, the bare minimum sort of four centers, three quarters, and absolutely load up on on high, heavy, heavy hits of the base mm-hmm. guys. Um, maybe pick one or two pods per week as a third or fourth um, center, three quarter and maybe a half. So, for example, um, this week, um, lots of people have got Johnston, don't play him this week versus the Storm. Maybe take a pod, um, uh, a pod knowing that um, worst case scenario, so Johnston isn't going to score 160, he might score 80 or 90, but it's not going to kill you. Yep. Um, so, and the same with the sandwich recorder position, just look at lineups and just try and do two or three per week, or even just one. Um, just look at the lineups and go, look, is it worth it this week? Yes. Um, is it not worth it because you know Latrell's playing uh, Tigers or Titans this week? You don't leave players like that like that out when they're when they're on, on when they're back in position and in form and, and at home. So pick your battles. Yep, all sounds perfectly good to me. Um, I've got a, a personal pod for philosophy, and like with most things, variety is the spice of life. So I would like to have as many pods as possible but I wouldn't necessarily play them. That's probably the big difference with this sort of stuff. Um, you know, just because you have five pods, it doesn't mean that, oh, wow, five out of your 17 are pods. You just you don't play the same ones every week, but you want to have the options both for your head-to-head matchups and also for your overall matchups as well. So in an ideal world, I would have five real good, like, low-owned pods, and I'd be looking at playing probably two of them out of my 17 each week um, to make up some ground. And that's when you're just picking and choosing um, and I, I think that's the perfect world type of scenario, um, sort of five pods, uh, play two of them each week and just rotate around, particularly in that centre wing like you mentioned, you want to always be able to rotate six or seven guys in there. 
yeah, agree. I'll probably play around sort of um, four or five this week. Yeah, I, um, there's also the other thing just to mention with the pod question is that um, at this sort of the, the first half of the season we get fixated on that ten percent number, which is a, the general definition of pod status if they're ten percent or under. Um, that probably changes a little bit as we get further on because you've got a lot of squads that are going to be 20 deep or even 22 deep or even more um, that are going to be choosing not to play some of those players. So, for example, um, you know, someone like Blake Ferguson's 12% owned, um, which is just out of pod territory, but he's someone that maybe only 7% of coaches on average are going to actually play every week or even less. So it, it, the numbers can be a little bit deceiving at this point of the season as well, Billy, as far as who's a definite pod and who isn't. Yeah, and you when you buy, buy someone, you don't want to buy them because you want to play them for one week. It's it's not worth trading someone just for one game. You need to be able to, like uh, the example I used before, uh, Kenny Dow. Like he's he's got some putrid numbers, but he's got an epic draw coming up. And if you buy him as a, as a pod and he scores you know, ninety seven this week, that's great. But what do you do then? You're gonna when are you going to play him again? If you play him again for that pod game and he scores you know, 23, then, then you're completely negating the reason you're getting him in. There needs to be some reason why you're getting a 1%er in. Uh, and if they're actually showing you something, then everyone else is sitting it too. So you really, really got to be careful with what you get in. I'd probably, rather than go one pot at 1%, I'd probably go two or three around the, sort of 10, around the 10%. And that's sort of the variant variation of those at 10% ends, ends up having, meaning your team is unique by around sort of 1%. Because if you multiply uh, 0.1 by 0.1 by 0.1, that's how you get that ratio right down to a more potish team. Yep. No, 100% agree. And to be a little bit more specific for Jamie, um, he's met, he has mentioned underneath his comment that he should say between 250 and 500 if you were ranked there and you wanted to try and catch up. Um being that far ahead, I, I think it probably depends how aggressive he wants to be as well. I'm further behind than what Jamie is, so I'm more aggressive in saying I'm going to do you know two or even maybe three pods um, that I might play a week depending on matchups. If Jamie wants to be really aggressive, he could do two pods a week still, but if he's like between 250 and 500 in rank and he doesn't want to risk dropping too much, he probably only wants to really play one a week um, to sort of negate any real big drops of really going at it. I'll tell you what, I'm not ranked in the side of the top 250, but if I was, I would be doing exactly the same strategy on this week. And my example for you would be um, drop the core this week and play and trade in, trade in Burns and then drop SJ this week and in my situation, I'll be playing Cust. So hopefully, you know, those, those um, you know, and the core, like we said before, has been averaging 50 lately. Hopefully you get an extra twenty points off Burns. Hopefully SJ flunks it, and if not flunks it, and even if he kills it, he scores sort of seventy. And Cast has been averaging sixty anyway, so the um, the, poten- the potential negatives there are pretty much you know you, you'll maintain your place, and the, but the potential positives are that you'll you'll pick up sort of you know sort of a good between twenty and fifty points. So I think the potential. Um, potential bo- bo- positive movement forward outweighs the name and he just keeps p- keep picking one or two like that to get that little slide into the top 100 and then um, then uh, you know, go, go for broke and run home. Yep. So I think, Jamie, the consensus there is um, have a couple of pods to play a week, um, but if you can, have a bit of variety in there so you can pick and choose which pod plays you want to make each week. So 
Uh, if you could have four or five so you can rotate your one or two that you're going to play each week or in some weeks, like Billy said this week, if it's a really good pod week, play your three or four um, and just take it from there. Jacob Fish has asked us, Milford a hold or a sell, and if so, who to? Uh, I think that if you bought Milford in for his run that he's going to have, that you just hold him unless you've got a really good um, a really good option to trade him to. Um, I wouldn't just trade him just because he just missed a week and he's got a dodgy knee. Um, I'd see how he how he returns before I'd be deciding. I'm going to hold him myself, so I'll give you my example. I'm holding him. If I wasn't going to hold him, uh, I was going to look at a pod play of Kiri to free up 170k that I could use somewhere else. Um, other options would be if you don't have Ponga, hold him for a week and then see if you can orchestrate a trade to Ponga. Um, but, and otherwise, Munster is probably the other option if you really want to sell him that is going to be the popular, highly owned one, Billy. Yeah, mate. And just on that, on that Milford, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's named named it fullback again. Yep, he's playing fullback again, and it looks like he's going to hold that spot and be the number one for the rest of the year. All things being equal. Yeah, and he's playing the Warriors at home, mate. I would actually VC Munster. I, I would actually VC Milford this week if I owned him. Yeah, it's a it's a big That's game for him. They've been playing well, and he's coming back. Um, apparently, at training, he's running really well as well. So hopefully, there's no concerns with his knee. But I think we're both on the consensus that we'll hold him. Um, but there's a few good options there if you really don't want to, Jacob. Um, and, I'd be more concerned with his ass. <laughs> and last question from Andrew Fenton: Who to hold as a backup for run home, Sherry or SJ? Um, to me, I'm SJ all the way, mate. Um, I. I think he's got the pedigree. He can't play any worse, and even when he's played badly, he's still scored pretty well up until last week, which was a shocker. So I'm going to choose SJ, especially with halfback being a barren wasteland for backups. Oh, yeah. The bloke that can score 160 when he pulls his finger out um, in a much better team than the Warriors. Uh, Yeah, I'm still waiting for that one game. (laughs) I sure as hell hope it's not this week, but no one puts that that sort of um, score in the storm. Just... Just be wary of the advice we're keeping because it's not going to happen this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to bench him this week even though I'm holding him. Um, I'm not going to actually play him. Um, but I'm hoping in the Sharks' upcoming run that he um, he starts to click and the Sharks have to play better than what they have been. Um, he's only, you know, even though that last score was bad, he's only a week removed from hitting 80s. So, um, and even that game, people said that he played poorly. So that's sort of what he could do. Um, if it comes out that he's never going to get the kicking back again um, and you sort of get pretty solid confirmation of that. I'd start to worry a little bit then if he doesn't have the kicking as well and he's still looking pretty bad in a couple of weeks. But for now, I'm, I'm going to hold solid and say just stick with him and sell Sherry. Um, mate, let's go straight into the teams for round 17. A lot of news, big week. Obviously, the big origin blockbuster that New South Wales Blues are going to win on Wednesday. Got to stay positive. Um, Panthers versus Titans, though, kicks off on Friday night. Nathan Cleary's been named in jersey 21. Um James Maloney's been named to back up in the starting side. It's only 48 hours after the um, origin, so I'm, I'm tempted to think if I were to guess any late changes this weekend, I think one of them will be Maloney out and Cleary in, particularly when Maloney, if he wins, will be celebrating all night and probably still drunk on Thursday afternoon. On the Titans side of things, there's not really a lot that's super coach relevant. Um, Jai Arrow's ahead of schedule. He's actually aiming for round 19, so that might be a smoky for a late-round um, quality second-row trade-in, but for this week, he's not going to be there. Uh, Panthers, Billy, do you think the Maloney backs up, or do you think the Cleary comes in? Where, how do you sort of see that going for Friday night? They need to win some games. I don't think they're going to... 
Look, I think Malone is a professional. He'll have he'll have a few beers. I don't know how many else he'll have. Um, that's assuming they win, mate. They, <laughs> they could get thrashed. It's Queensland, mate. They could get thrashed too. The fact that it's a two-day two turn, I don't like that. But with uh, clearing no, no absolute guarantee and then needing to win, I reckon Malone does a job in his ship. Uh, no disrespect to Origin, but it's not like he's a forward and going to be um, smashing into um, um, 100 miles an hour against other big blokes. He misses more tackles than he makes, so I reckon he comes out a little bit more unscathed than you think. Yeah, I'm not sure what will happen, but I am hoping for Nathan Cleary to play. Um, it is the first game, so at least people that maybe don't have a half to play, you, you're going to have some options there to maybe do a late trade. Panthers do have to win. I tell you someone that I really like in this matchup, mate. We've spoken about him already on the podcast. Big Billy Kickow. The Titans' edges give up points, and Kickow is a guy that scores a lot of tries for a Ford. He could absolutely wreak havoc against the Titans, and I am salivating having him as a pod play for this week. You getting him in? I own him, mate. Got him in you know, five, six weeks ago now. I've been loving life. Oh, I didn't realise you were really holding him. I thought it might have been a bit too valuable, but um, I spot the hole. But... um. Yeah, look, if you've got him, um, great great player this week. Uh, they're at home, they have to win. Uh, versus the Titans, uh, like you said, Edge. Um, he, uh, Cardi's been playing left side still, isn't he? Yeah, so he's not running at Cardi, which is a shame. But um, I can't be honest with you, I wouldn't be buying him. But um, I think he's a good option to play this week. I'll, um, I'll have a look at the numbers and stuff, but I'm going to even consider um, doing a VC on him because he's um, it's just the type of game where he can he's going to score his double, which he gets a couple of each year. So, uh, really? I, yep, I'm going to look at VC. I'm I'm that confident that they oh. um, they've got a chance at the the bust up of the Titans, but it's also more so that there isn't um, a lot of the other good VC options are later in the week. So I've got to look to the earlier um, games. I'm smelling a chance to win my fifty bucks here, brother. Oh, what are you trying to bet me here? I'm not going to bet you 50 that he scores a double. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I bet you Watson scored 75 for the year. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I don't, I don't give away my pineapples, mate. <laughs> I'll wait for value. Mate, that was a mathematically, hypothetically calculated bet based on a lot of beers and a lot of stupidity. But I'm a man of my word. <laughs> I'm going to pay up. I'll take a I'll take a five to one or something on kick out. But other than that, we better move on to the other players. Your, your boy, Mansour. As a pod play, he could go well against the Titans as well. I think the Panthers will probably put on some points. He's the other one that might be in for a good week. Nah, let's just clarify. He's not my boy, but um, Gutho's always been my boy. But um, yeah, I, I think I think he's much. His his SC output has been a lot better the last four weeks, and I think he's um, going to potentially go over soon and, and have a have a decent sort of three or four game rolling average. Uh, so there's no one really in market watch for these teams that's getting heavily traded out or in. The Titans are a wasteland for options. Uh, Panthers uh, haven't got a huge amount themselves. You obviously see the Panthers winning this one. Um, I reckon that they're going to win by... Uh, if, if Maloney and Cleary both play, uh, this should be 18-point win if Penrith are serious and they turn up. No, I wouldn't say 18-point win, but um, maybe 16 <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if it's at Penrith and it's at home, if um, either one, uh, I'm not going to say clearly. If Maloney, if Maloney turns up, mate, the way he, the way he's been playing, I'm bringing Rogan confidence in there. I think I think they'll put some points on him, um, only because it's at home. Uh, Titans have a tendency just to turn up every now and then. So the next blockbuster, and I say that term sarcastically, is the Knights versus Bulldogs on the Friday night. Uh, Bulldogs obviously haven't been going along too well. Kieran Foran is still out. Uh, Brendan Wakeman 
gets to a tiny spot in the halves and Tumaga joins the bench. Um, for the Knights, Pierce has been named a backup, um, but Clemmer, Safidi and Glasby are in the reserves. I think that you'll just see how they pull up. I'm not sure. Uh, Fitzgibbon's out for five to six weeks, so anybody got him in last week would be absolutely spewing, and especially when some people might have got Sione Matiatia in, and he gets to play second row for the next five to six weeks, and he was only 299k and got a ton last week, and he's going to get to like 500,000 now. Um, anyone who got Sione in would be absolutely cheering uh, with the luck that they've got, and anyone who got Fitzgibbon in, mate, they would be crying into their pillow after getting last week's game out of him and then having to burn a trade to get rid of him again. Mate, I don't reckon Sione's actually the worst buy this week if you want a decent pod too. Um, Knights, Knights, are, Knights are at home pretty much full strength with, with no with no one apart, apart from Ponga. There's going, to, there's going to be points there. If you reckon Sione's going to keep that uh, back row position, um, pretty good pod to have um, available at seven three quarter, although... It's probably a bit, a bit late in the season to be picking the pod set at seven three quarter. You'd go the burn staple over 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 him for sure. Yeah, I couldn't do it. He's he's had he's eighty minute games in the in the twelve jumper to start the year. He had like forty seven and forty three points, thirty one points, and right. a better sixty one point game. So if you got him last week, you did well. You can hold him for a couple of weeks while he makes you some money to trade him out. Um, did but, I really say, did I really say that? Yeah, just just, just stop, mate. You, can't can't do it. No, I I really don't like Sione. Um, but someone who I do like is Ponga. Ponga isn't even named, mate. That's a big blow for Ponga owners. But we kind of should have expected it. Yeah, he, he was always going to be rested this week. Um, and look, to, to be no disrespect to the dogs, but they do it to themselves, mate. Um, Knights should not need to be at full strength this week. So even if he's healthy, resting him the extra week, um, I, I think it's probably the best thing for them. They, they need Ponga for them for the run home, mate. So if they can't get over the line with over the line at home um, with, with this team. They, desert, they don't deserve to be in the finals, mate. Yep. And there's going to be some teams who have Ponga and Teddy at fullback. Uh, those teams are going to be in a world of hurt because both of them aren't playing. Um, I'd imagine you probably need to be trading a 5-8 and moving Ponga into there and getting a fullback in if that's the case. Um, a, a few teams have Mitchell Pearce. He's been a bit disappointing. Um, Hopefully he's going to back up from Origin. Um, if he does, he could be in for a good game against the Bulldogs. He's played well traditionally against them in the past. Uh, they are playing at home, and without Ponga, he's probably a smoky for a big score. Yeah, we talked about him last week and the week before, and pretty much all his scores earlier this year were versus where he was ordinary were versus their top six, and he um, versus the, the bottom ring teams. He absolutely flourished. So. Um, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't flourish again this game. Um, there, there's always going to be games where you can't pick or there's anomalies, but surely you can at least put one or two try assists on, on this mob. So if, if he backs up and, and, and Pierce or you're thinking about a pod, um, a pod play against, against SJ and with with their draw, I wouldn't be the worst. I, I'd, I'd even go so far as maybe even getting him in to, to even play against the Chooks next week. I know it is the Chooks, but the way he's been, the way he's been playing... He knows the Chooks, maybe maybe he puts on a show against his old team as well, just to prove a point. Yeah, well, I'd definitely be playing him this week, um, and I'd consider a VC on Pierce if um, if he's named to play and he's all fine. Uh, Connor Watson's back at fullback for this game. Um, now, he's got a 97 BE. If, if you're one of the teams that brought him in, it's going to be a hard one to hold him for with that 97 BE because he's going to bleed cash if he obviously gets a lower score, but he's also primed as a fullback against the Dogs to, to get some points. 
Uh, only if he does his running, mate. I, I really, really like the guy when he's at nine. At fullback, he just doesn't seem to be making those hit-ups. Um, and that's pretty much a stable for a fullback position, mate. You can't, you can't, he's pretty much turned into a Darius. He's pretty much just a passenger. We're just waiting for a passing play here and there. He just not just doesn't have the same uh, work rate or, or ethic that he does at a nine. So I wouldn't be going anywhere near him, completely gone off him, mate. Oh, good, that was a massive fail for me. Well, um, I think the Knights are going to win this one uh, by maybe 10-plus, but I don't think it's going to be an easy win for them with some of the outs like Ponga. Yeah, I think they're still doing by 10 at least. Next one on Saturday is the Rabbits versus Seagulls. Um, Sam Burgess returns in the back row, and then we've got Totolo, who's going to be starting for Burgess for the next nine weeks when he's suspended. Adam Dewey's actually got the fullback spot, which is interesting, um, with... Alex Johnston sitting out. Um, Cook, Murray, Gagai, Lowe, all named to back up um, and all starting. Good news for Cook is that he's got no hooker on the bench at the moment. Um, for the Seagulls, um, Turbo's named to back up, as is Jake uh, and Daly Ch- Cherry Evans. So I'm looking forward to this one. This is probably the first good good matchup of the weekend. I think these two sides are going at each other pretty good. It's also it's a Saturday, so those Origin guys are going to have that little bit longer to rest. Uh, really good to see, mate, that Cook is got the nine jersey and he doesn't have a Billy Britton on the bench or in the, ex- uh, but he is in the extended reserves. So we'll have to watch out for it. Oh, 100 percent. Um, I was shitting myself watching him that last game. Um, I sold him that last game, thinking didn't want to have all that cash um, leaking on the bench. Took the punt that you know, he he'd be a little bit softer and sore with that Origin game. Kind of, Turned out being a, a good move, but I'll tell you what, there were a couple of times in that game, even though he didn't look as damaging as he normally would, his tackle count was um, around 50-odd, and there was what uh, a forward pass and, and, and a couple of drop balls where he was he, he was a bee's dick away from adding another sort of uh, 22 points in, in sort of off, offload line, line break assist and try assist in there, so... Um, the fact that he's got more than a two-day a two-day turnaround from the um, from Origin this time, I don't think you're going to see the same cook. I reckon I'm going to fear not earning him this week and, and until next week, mate. But at the same token, um, really aren't exactly pushovers, mate. I, I'll back them to throw in a solid effort. It's it's going to be a really good game. Um, this, the Rabbitohs are on a four-game losing streak, so they do need to win. They haven't actually been giving up many points over that four-game losing streak, though. I think they're only averaging um, just under 18 points a game to their opposition. So they haven't been giving up a lot. One of the good things with this matchup, Billy, is Manly, surprisingly, as we've said many times during the year, give up most the most supercoach points through their forwards compared to what their backline gives up. Um, so that probably speaks well to Sam Burgess, provided he's healthy, and to Damian Cook, provided he's he's obviously playing. So both of those guys um, I'm looking at as um, pretty good games for this weekend. But Braden Burns matching up against that back line, even though they don't um, give up too much, um, or you know, all those guys could, could score pretty well. Yeah, I agree, mate. Look, I tipped um, Tigers to beat the Rabbits a couple of weeks ago, and that was a sort of a get-out-of-jail thing. But this week, I don't think I'm willing to back Manly over the Rabbits, mate. I think... Rabbits are off a four-game streak, even though he's only just back from in, from injury. I think just having the presence of presence of Burgess around, Cook rested a bit, Murray rested a bit, um, Burns back in the team. Um, Walker's been massively, oh, not massively, but been out of form, but he's starting to look a little bit sort of more dangerous. Um, he popped up a couple of times in that Tigers game and got pulled back. I think you see a completely different uh, Rabbits team. 
uh, turn up and I'll be chipping them with. Yeah, and Cody Walker's one that we should be watching as well. Um, he's He could be mid-400s pretty shortly in price, um, and he's someone um, with that earlier question on pod 5.8s that we didn't mention. He's a pod 5.8 that could be quite cheap very soon, so I'll be watching him. On the Seagull side of things, Tom Trebojevic is obviously the number one name with his brother, the other. Um, Tom should have a solid game because he always does. Jake Trevojevic um, might not go too well in this matchup, but he's certainly someone who a lot of people are looking at buying. He's got a break-even of over 100, so it's perfect for, for non-owners to not buy him this week and just see how he goes. Hopefully he plays reduced minutes for... He's going to get very cheap. You know, He could be you know high 400s or even less. Um, he's 537k now with 112 BE, and he's only gone 46 and 48 um, points the last two weeks in reduced minutes, so... Uh, fingers crossed for another low score, and in a couple of weeks, mate, we might be buying Gerbo for 475k. That would be very nice. I need some uh, free up some room in my cap to get that bloke in. Um, has, obviously, his numbers haven't been as great uh, this year as, as last year, but um, I tell you what, it's not numbers aren't exactly far off, and he hasn't had his brother's been out for half the year, so. You put a bit of post-origin form back in there, final on inside, his brother back in the team, back in those numbers to bounce back very quickly and at that price. It's uh, silly not to take it up if you could. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty concerned that he's going to end up scoring um, a try or, or getting some assists this week. Um, yeah, it's it's coming. It's coming for Jake to start to hit that attack. Let's just hope it's not this week. Um, I agree with you on Souths. I think that they are going to be victors, but would you consider... Um, the popular Trevojevic, Tom Trevojevic or Damian Cook options for a C or, or even a VC? But the way he's been blo- he's been um, going, you'd, you'd even throw the C on him in the buy round, mate. you still find a way to score points. I would... It's, it is later in the weekend, but they're playing on 3pm um, on Saturday, so... But, um, yeah, maybe maybe look for a VC earlier where you can still, still slap the C on Turbo. It's probably the go. Yep. Don't mind that at all. Broncos Warriors is our next one. Uh, Suncorp. Obviously, the big news is Anthony Milford is back and he's at fullback. He apparently looks really good running at full speed and moving well. Um, he's skipping surgeries, so hopefully he's going to be fine. Um, but it is a watch for owners to see how he goes. Matchelet misses out, um, so it means that we definitely have TPJ on the edge again, which is good news. Um, we've obviously got. Um, a few young guys that played last week in um, uh, Farnworth and, and Coates that are, are back again, um, mainly because Shippersaki's out. But all the Origin guys look like they're going to be playing uh, for the Warriors side mm-hmm. of things. Isaac Luke's starting. Tavaga's been named at 13, which is really big. Um, so he looks like that he's secured that spot. Tale of um, two sides that both got wins last week that no one really expected them to. Um, Broncos played really well against the Sharks, and the Warriors um, played pretty well against uh, the Knights. So in this one, it's going to be interesting, but I tell you what, I was filthy watching Ken Mamolo go over for those tries, and I reckon that he's going to keep scoring them and go over against the Broncos again. <laughs> yeah, mate, the um, players show up and scores when you, when, you, when you least expect it. I don't think Broncos are going to be uh, as easy as they were the last of the few rounds. Um, I, I still, I still even like the old um, Tavaga, mate. It's just more, more of his injury. But um, more Mark, that more Lalo is, is has some fear factor about him. You just, if you don't own him, he probably doesn't go over. Um, if, if, if you do, you're celebrating at the prospect of two, mate. So, I think he's got an uphill battle um, uh, at Broncos ground. But 
I think he runs it. I think he runs at the veterans, but he's not running at those two rookies, which is unfortunate. Yeah, he scored 91 last week, and I was absolutely screaming at the video ref not to give him that third try, and he, he should have been given it, but they didn't give it. If he scored that third try, it would have been crazy, but 91, 52, 104, and 74 is his four-week run, um, and he's got two doubles, one single, and one no try, where he's still scored 52 in that. We've spoken about um, them having a bad, well, not a, not a great run home, possibly one of the worst runs home of any team. But Mamolo has been producing. He's 580k at the moment. Money's probably not that much of an issue for most teams. He could put it on the Broncos this week. So I'll put it to you, you know, if someone's looking at their center wing options, should they still be looking at Mamolo? And would you be looking at him this week considering they're playing the Broncos, if that's the case? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not looking at him because um, I've got other, other ideas and um, I'm pretty much stubborn if I didn't buy him before he peaked. I just don't, don't want to do it out of principle. <laughs> but, um, but the um, <clears throat> the thing with the Warriors, mate, yeah, like you said, um, just because it's the Broncos away from home, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I went to the Broncos-Warriors game in Brisbane last year and the Warriors absolutely towed them up. So it was the same too. It was a Saturday, it was a Saturday half or Saturday night game in, 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 in the same weather. So... I uh, would not be worried about the Warriors getting flogged here because they could do the flogging. Roger Tulvazashek is one of the most traded out players this week and with good reason. Um, I guess with guys that don't own Turbo and probably have Teddy, I would assume that those are a lot of the people trading in Turbo, going Roger to him. Makes sense to me. Um, he only scored 41 last week. He's got a B of 90. But if the Warriors are going to go well... Um, yeah, just quietly, the Broncos can give up some points. Roger could go well this week, so if you are going to hold him, um, he's probably a, a very good play. Not that you would bench him if you've got Teddy in your other spot anyway. Yeah, mate, yeah, 100%. So I'm going to go for the Broncos by four points, mate. I'm going to go for the Warriors because my mate Jamie is a uh, avid Kiwi, and I'm just going to back for the double uh, for 2018-2019 uh, repeat, but playing <laughs> for a half double. Well, Oh. And, a T, and, a T, and a TPJ double. I hope it's 50 to 48, mate. I'll just stick to TPJ five off those and get the 70 points plus, and we'll go with that one. Um, Storm versus Sharkies. Replay for the grand final a few years back. Um, Storm-wise, we've got everybody named to back up from Origin, so they should be at full strength. Uh, for the Sharkies, big super coach news. Andrew Fafita is back, with, which is huge. Woods actually drops to the bench for Fafita. Um, Graham's been named a backup as well with Kate Ball gone. Paul Gallon's been rested. Um, he's replaced at lock with by uh, Jack Williams. So in real life, that's a bit of a blow for the Sharkies. Uh, Matt Loyland's been named, but he went off lame last week with his hamstring issue and didn't return. Sean Johnson's retained his spot, um, and he's really got to play a lot better this week. So I'm... Definitely playing Andrew Fafita as an owner, mate, but I am benching Nakora and I'm benching Sean Johnson. Yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared shitless about Moylan too because my backup is Ponga. So I might, might have to bite the bullet and sell Moylan this week to someone like Walker. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a chance that Moylan might even get ruled out at the last minute. So the Sharks looked terrible last week. Like That was a, an awful, awful first grade performance. And I feel like that I've been saying that about at least one team every single week this year. There's just been too many of those, but the Sharkies were terrible, and if they play like that for Cam Smith's 400th game that they're playing at Amy Park, they are going to get annihilated by the storm. Um, it just doesn't seem like a grand final rematch based on form. So I didn't realise it was Cam Smith's 400th this week. I thought it was last week, but no, it was 399. So um, 
I'm pretty sure there's a statistic out there somewhere. I have to go and check this, mate. I maybe I have to give a mid a call. But <laughs> pretty sure that um, old Smithy has sensational stats for his milestones. It might be worthwhile having a check. Maybe maybe he pulls a, uh, a magnificent cam out of the hat, mate. So you're calling him as a C option this week? Yeah, I think he might be. Yeah, I don't think you can VC him because like you've said before, I don't think his scores get high enough, but might be an OKC no, no, exactly. option. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe a, a turbo VC and use him as a get-out cause at the um, 400th game at home. Yeah, well, if the Sharks play like that, Smith is one concern, but Munster is the other concern. And if they are on the storm, Munster could have a monster game against the Sharks because they were terrible last week, like I said. So those are two scary plays not to own um, on the storm side, Billy. And maybe Munster might even be a bit of a sneaky VC option if you want to uh, see someone on the um, Sunday game. I would only be VCing Munster. Last time he played at home um, versus the Warriors, he's the reason they bought the prick. But no, he kind of played <laughs> 35, 35 or something rather. Then the next week, then the next week versus the team unexpectedly punches over 30, whatever it was. So, um, yeah, like you said, mate, you never can pick them. Don't assume that just because uh, a team isn't up to expect NRI standards at the moment that you know one particular player is going to go on a go on a run. If you own Munster and you still hold him, um, yeah, BC option wouldn't capture him, but I absolutely would not buy him this week. Yeah. Uh, the, we've gone glass half empty on this game, but the glass half full approach for Sharks fans is that they can't play worse than they did last week, and they've all been given a massive rocket, and guys like Sean Johnson really have their number six jersey on the line to retain their spot in the side. So they can bounce back, uh, and Andrew Fafita tightening up the middle will really help them, along with Wade Graham, who didn't play last week as well. So they do have a chance, and they do step up against the Storm, and I think in the modern game, they've got one of the better records against the Storm out of any side. Um, in the comps, so it could go the other way. I'm going to say that the Sharks aren't going to lose by more than 10, which will be a good outcome for them. Mate, I completely forgot about that. No, I'm still backing him not to not to score a massive one, but I'll tell you what, I reckon he bounces back with anger. Um, yeah, I reckon the storm by 10 to 12. Roosters Cowboys is the next one. Supercoaches are salivating for this one, except James Tedesco is out. He would have been my captaincy option for this week. Jake Friend does return, though, um, and Victor Adley moves to lock with uh, Leah reverting to the bench. um, It's going to be interesting how that forward pack plays out. That's going to be the the big thing of interest for the Roosters. Angus Crichton's obviously still on the bench. Uh, For the Cowboys, um, Matt Scott's back after a long time. Morgan and Maguire have been named to back up. Cohen Hess is 18th man. Even though this is at Central Coast Stadium and not a true home game for the Roosters and we don't have a good um, record at Central Coast and we do have Teddy out, Geez, Tupo, Mitchell, um, and also very much Kiri. I would be salivating as an owner to have against the Cowboys away from home. Oh yeah, mate, I 100% agree. And um, just on the Teddy thing, mate, this is this is a, a good thing. <laughs> as much as I'd like to sort of captain Teddy this week too, have, having him out just makes it even better because now everyone has to think of someone else to play. So if you've got enough depth or done enough research, then this is your chance to catch up. So. This is where blokes like Tupu and Kiri sort of come into play, maybe even uh, the the Manu option if you're not too concerned about losing money. Yeah, I reckon you guys absolutely towel them up. Uh, and I mean towel them up. Yeah, I think that if we're serious, we have to win this by 20-plus. In saying that, Mitchell, even when he's gone well, like Mitchell went really well last week, 110 points, 
I had the VC on him, so I got my 220, which really helped my round. Um, yeah, having said that, he did a lot of his damage across a couple of plays and with goal kicking. He still didn't do a high work rate, so it's always going to be scary. They're playing late in the week, mate. They're a Sunday game. Um, the games after them don't have massively appealing guys to put the C on, so VC is going to be tough. Would you risk putting the C on Mitchell based on his form? I didn't see the game last week, but everyone, I looked at the uh, game thread and everyone was cursing the prick. He's had one freaking hit up, and then you know, so 20 minutes later, Stewie's in and going, Look at the useless piece of shit. He's had two hit ups. And then uh, another 20 minutes later, I go, I have another look. Oh, the useless one was on four hit ups, but hold on a sec. <laughs> two tries, two converted goals, tackle bus, offloads. He's, he's sitting on 80 points from four runs. No, I reckon he goes right, but I'm not going to back him unless he's actually at home. I'll, I'll, I'll lay that one. Um, you guys still tell them, but I'm not going to put any sort of captaincy option on anyone away from their actual home ground. Well, I'm looking at catching up, so I'm I'm hopeful that people will be scared enough to, to not put the C on him and maybe VC him, um, in which case, you know, I, I might go to C on him. I'm going to have to have a real hard think about it. It's real tough because I would have gone Teddy. I do think that more than likely Mitchell um, scores a try and does do well and gets to kick a lot of goals. But, yeah, it was real scary last week. Um, the only thing that saved my heart was the fact that it was a VC and not a C. So <laughs> I'm going to have to assess. But he's definitely an option for this week. Um, I expect him, Tupo, and Kiri to do well. Um, and on the Cowboys side of things, I would obviously play Tomalolo, but I wouldn't be seeing him um, against us. They might spend a lot of time under the posts. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Tigers Eels, mate. That's Bankwest Stadium blockbuster. So Moses Embai returns, um, throwing Momorowski out. And Nukora comes on the bench for Terrapo in the Eels' only change. This is the game, uh, what, about six weeks ago or something, where you guys played the Tigers at Bankwest and you absolutely towed them up and beat them by 50-odd points. Um, Tigers have been playing a little bit better these days, but, geez, I, I like your boys in this one. Yeah, mate, so the boogies, although... Um... For a team that got flogged by 50 points last time we played at this ground, for the Eels to be only a dollar seventy, it just shows you how volatile we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I owned Moses, Gutho, Sevo, or Ferguson, uh, I'd be playing all those guys with confidence this week, and obviously Manu Mau is a no-brainer. Um, but all those backline guys for the Eels, any of them could go big. Um, but I already mentioned Fergo as a as a bit of a pod. Um, Gutherson's not a pot, he's like 30% owned but I'm going to give him a shout out he could go well this week against the Tigers you did mention him briefly in our mailbag but Clint Gutherson is still under 400k he's only 375,000 he's got a BE of 16 the zero is going to come out of his rolling average if you wanted to own Clint Gutherson this is the week to get him in he's got a 69, 59 his zero game and a 62 so his last three games aside from his zero um, he's basically averaging 64 points and he's been playing a lot better and he's done that um, with only the one try in those three games. So I love Gutho. I've said it many times to people's questions and stuff. Um, who's who's a different guy to trade in? Even though he's 30% um, owned, a lot of people aren't trading him in. 375k, Billy, that's tremendous value for their run home. Yeah, um, but with Gutho, you'd have to buy him this week and play him this week versus the Tigers. Then then they're back at a melee next week. So I wouldn't play him then. I'd be captain the shit out of Turbo like every other man and his dog. 
then you get another chance with him at home versus the Warriors, but then it starts getting a bit iffy, like he's away versus the Dragons, home versus the Titans, so home versus the Knights. He's got a couple of games where he might score. He's got Titans and Dogs, so... Well, he's such a good downgrade this week, isn't he? I mean, like, you can downgrade someone like Sherry and make, you know, what, 150k and and still have Gutherson as a playable guy. I just I, I just see him as a fantastic downgrade to, to free up cash. Yeah, good good track with Decora. Give you, give you a bit of coin. Not much, but a bit. So, aside from that, mate, on the Tigers side of things, um, I will give a quick shout-out to um, Maddo, who made me feel like shit for not getting him for last week. <laughs> Scored a ton. Looked really good, um, and he's being traded in pretty heavily at the moment as well. We said, oh, you could probably get other second rounds instead of him, but geez, oh, I think that you might have to get him in. He's been 101 last week, but then he had a 59, 74, 78. He's just been on fire. Um, I, I think that you, we're going to have to bite the bullet and maybe get him in. Yeah, I was talking to a bloke on Alex about him preseason and. Well, I think one of the stats I pulled out was um, look, he's already he's already priced at sort of uh, over sixty odds. He hasn't got too much upside in him, and in, in the last two years, I think Tigers edge edge back rowers have gone over the line once or twice. So, what are the odds of him actually doing it? But even without the tries, mate, he's punching he's punching sixties, and when he gets one, he just throws up at eighty five ninety. So. Yeah, he's um he's a very very solid option, and although it's uh um at Bankwest this week, it's still the Eels. So um if if he can punch up these scores against the top four teams, he can do anything versus of the Eels. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd just quite leave him back in for another one this week. Yeah, against that edge, it could happen. He does have a, a BE in the seventies, so you can afford to wait. He is going to cost you six hundred nine k, but. He could have a good one this week. The other guy that I've been happy that's come back into form that I think might go well against the Eels is a Sun Masters. Um, he started to play a bit better. He got 84 points last week and he looked a lot more active. Um, as an owner, I'm um, pretty happy to play him this week. I think that he might go well. He's only 433k. Um, I couldn't say to anyone to, to get him in, but he is value. Um, do you think that he's back and we're going to see sort of the early season form from him again? Even if he did, it's not big enough to offset the average that you'll get from any other toss of the top not seven three quarter, so I'd see zero value with him, mate. Well, I think zero value is pretty harsh. He still scored, you know, sixty one a game last year and he has had some really good runs. I think he has some pod value in the games like versus the Eels where he might he might throw up an eighty score, but you have to be prepared to bench him next week and the week after and the week after and then play him two weeks after that and, and pick the right games because if you don't then he's he's not much value to you. Yeah, he's got the Cows and the Bulldogs around 20 and 21, and those are the next games that I'd play him for after giving him two weeks on the bench. So he's a good rotation guy for me. Um, I'm going to be playing him this week. I reckon that he scores well. If this was earlier in the round, Billy, I think there'd be a lot of Eels guys I'd look at VCing, but being so late, there's probably no C or, or VC options in this one. So where do you see the game going? Who's going to win it? Oh, do I really need to answer that question? I'm going to go a two-point Eels win. I reckon it's going to be a tight one. Oh, I reckon it's a slaughter. Throw the, throw the <laughs> cubbies to the eels. Well, let's go to the last one. Dragons, Raiders. Uh, Raiders have got a bit of a hoodoo um, and quite a big rivalry with the Dragons. It is at Wynn Stadium. Um, the Dragons have got all of their um, origin guys um, listed in the reserves, aside from Norman, who's still named to play in the halves. Um, I'd expect probably all those guys play. Tarek returns. 
and James Graham is on the extended bench. For the Raiders, we've got Nick Kotrick returning, um, which is good news. Papali and White have been named to back up. So, interesting one here, Billy. Um, some guys that have been doing well, you and Aitken were spoken about a lot. He got another 40-odd base game again last week, so he has been doing well in the base stats for a center wing. John Bateman, though, a lot of people are going to be looking at trading in. Um, now, he's been a little bit down, and he's another guy very much like um, Gerbo, where he's got a break-even of over 100, so we can wait and see this week. 550k, hopefully he drops down a little bit. But the last couple of weeks, he's only scored 52 and 49 points. Oh, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. The guy, the guy's still a beast. Um, and if the worst you're going to get from the Saints three quarter is an average of 51.5 uh, over two weeks, when it's going to just have, when it's going to be picked up in a couple of weeks, so I've said that I wouldn't be too concerned about it, mate. Nah, I'm not. I'd definitely be waiting to buy him though. He, he's hopefully going to be sub 500 in a week or two. And then in a couple of weeks, he's going to be a fantastic buy for the run home for the center wing. Um, you obviously still see him as a must-have for the center wing. I do as well. Right, yeah. Um, looking at the last two weeks' output, I'd probably put Mal over him. But if you go back to the beginning, this to the beginning of the season, he was a number one buy by a country by a country role, and every man his dog was doing absolutely everything they could to get him in. So. Um, if he doesn't bounce back, he's still probably the second or third greatest option in the century quarter behind the Mount and Mattrell, but he'll quite quickly bounce back. Um, it is the Dragons, and it is, it is away from home, but I, with a bloke like uh, Ryan Sutton on the bench, who's a forward, a Billy on the bench, who's a hooker, forward interchange, Horsborough is a forward. I don't really see anyone sort of taking his minutes. So 80 minute, 80 minute damaging edge set. Edge guy available at seventh recorder. I don't think we really need to tell anyone here. Just put him in your team when he when he drops when he drops to the right drops to the right press. So one last guy to talk about in this one. Uh, we had a late question, and a couple other people have mentioned Jordan Rapana as a pod. Um, he is only three hundred thirty-five k, um, so that's why he's being tossed up. He scored forty-two points last week without a try, which is good, especially because he only got to play sixty-nine minutes. But the game before when he's Played 80, he's only scored 19. He's obviously had a very poor year for Rapano at 41 points a game. I see the appeal with him being a fallen gun and maybe being healthy now for this little run home and 335k. Uh, I couldn't do it myself, though, um, even though he's so cheap. Yeah, he's got too many shit scores, like around the 20s and 30s. And even if he ended up throwing up 160, 160 the game after that, you've completely negated it and you have to bank on that score. You may as well just go to the bloke like Burns is going to give you that sort of 55 plus or Mao is going to give you 55 plus and just sort of bank on that each week with one pod like you know, um, or Marlo. I'd much rather go with the, uh, um, the crowd or the guy who's proving himself rather than the guy like Rapana. Um, I, I much prefer a higher base and, um, and, and, and a guy like Latrell who can, who can um, hit the stratosphere with a VC option. Yeah, uh, for similar price points, um, I would get Burns, who's almost the same price, um, like the 20k dearer, um, and I'd also get Gutho for 35k more um, over Rapano if you're looking for cheap options. They're better ones, but in saying that, I reckon Rapano scores this week, and I think that he goes well to tempt people. So I'm going to go for the Raiders in a six-point win over the Dragons in a close one. Yeah, the way they've been playing, mate, the defense is too good. I reckon it's only two points in it, but two points for the two points for the Raiders. Yeah, it's going to be tight. 
And on that note, mate, that ends us for this podcast for this round. Uh, best of luck this week. Thanks for jumping on again, mate. Cheers, mate. See you, buddy. All right, guys, thanks for listening again. Um, you can download us or stream on iTunes or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Uh, thanks for the shares and the likes. Very much appreciated. I hope everyone has a great week in a tougher round after the bye. Go the Blues, enjoy yourselves at Origin, and we'll chat to you next week.